Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on April 16th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, You'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with the Gospel reading. The Gospel according to John, beginning chapter 20. That evening, on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven, and if you refuse to forgive them, they are unforgiven. One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miraculous signs besides the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you want to be somewhere and for some reason you just can't move or you move really slowly or you realize that you're too late and you've missed it? Well, sometimes I get these dreams about church. I know, I'm supposed to preach and I, and I need to be there. And I'm looking around and I just can't find my shoes and I just can't seem to move and I end up not making it. I attribute these dreams to my FOMO or the fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. You know, I wouldn't want to miss church 
especially on Easter. So I'm always glad to wake up and realize it was only a dream. Well, I'm wondering when I read this story if Thomas didn't also have a bit of FOMO and it wasn't just a bad dream. What a fantastic story the other disciples told about seeing Jesus alive in person. But Thomas had missed it. Wonder where was he? Was he out getting groceries for all those hungry disciples? Or perhaps he was standing guard outside of the place where the rest of those disciples were hiding in fear. Maybe he took the first watch. So when he gets back and he hears the story, he reacts with a bit of a bite. And who can blame him? It's quite a story to say that they had seen Jesus alive. I'm not going to believe you. That couldn't happen. Jesus is dead and buried. How can he be alive? You guys are making this up. I'm not going to believe it unless I see the nail prints in his hands and the wound in his side. Well, you know, I really can't blame Thomas. I think I probably would have reacted in the same way it had FOMO. In fact, looking back through this chapter, actually none of the disciples believed that Jesus was alive, even after seeing the empty tomb and hearing from Mary Mary Magdalene that she had seen the Lord. It wasn't until later that day when they were in the upper room, that they experienced Jesus and they saw him for themselves, that they believed. And so Thomas wasn't asking for anything more than the other disciples. He just wanted the same experience. He wanted to see Jesus for himself, wounds and all. Notice that Thomas specifically asks to see Jesus' hands where the nails were and his wounded side. So it's often a way to correctly identify a dead body by their scars. So really it should be no surprise that when Jesus appears to his disciples in that room, as they are behind locked doors, that the first thing he does is show them his hands and his side. There can be no mistake. This is Jesus. He greets them with peace be with you. What a comfort that must have been to these disciples who were hiding behind locked doors in fear. And perhaps when seeing Jesus, they also might have been fearful of what he would do or say to those disciples who had fled and deserted him to Peter who had denied him but they received no wrath or scolding but simply a greeting of peace which melts away their fear and brings them joy even when Thomas is in the room the following week and you can bet he wasn't going to miss out the next time Jesus showed up and sure enough Even though Thomas had doubted, Jesus doesn't condemn him. Instead, he greets him also with peace and then invites him to also touch his hands, see where the nail prints are, 
and touch his wounded side. Thomas responds, My Lord and my God. He is the first one of the disciples to refer to Jesus as my God. Thomas' doubts turn so quickly to a declaration of faith it can give one spiritual whiplash. What a great story. And even though we have this text every second Sunday of Easter, I heard it a little differently this year. Rather than a doubting Thomas, I see Thomas as the patron saint of authenticity, who basically said out loud what the rest of us who weren't there were thinking. He's so relatable and really gives permission to have both doubt and faith. As David Henson puts it in his Easter for Doubters, he says, In truth, Easter absorbs both the joy and triumph as well as the fear and disbelief, and is irreducible to just one experience of it. It would be easier if Easter were only the trumpet blasts and alleluias, or it might even be easier if Easter were only fear and disbelief. But Easter is all of this. It holds all of it even the contradictory emotions, and makes them one. In preparing for my sermon this week, I asked several of the folks who have sat in this upper room, our fireside room, in a caregiver or grief support group. They have explored both their faith and doubt in dealing with upending events like the loss of a loved one, or the change from being a life partner and companion to becoming a caregiver of a loved one. So I asked if they'd be willing to share about where did they find hope and see the risen Christ during a difficult season. So I want to share with you four stories. One woman shared about struggling with God over her husband's diagnosis of Alzheimer's and losing him slowly to this disease. She struggled with why, and although she didn't get any answer, she felt that God had brought them together for a reason. She said, hope and faith kept me going and the promises that we would be together in heaven. She sees Christ in this faith community that surrounded her. Another woman shared that her faith was shaken when her husband went into cardiac arrest after a medical procedure. She wondered, why now? Why is this happening? And through the night, with Pastor Rebecca by her side, they prayed. And her husband lived, but his short-term memory was gone forever. He was not the same. It's taken several years for her to come to terms with this accident and his death that took place during COVID. She continues to hold on to her faith through prayer and support of this community. Another shared, while being a caregiver to her wife who had been diagnosed with dementia, she cried every day for a year. She felt Christ's presence 
through the understanding and empathy she found in the caregiver support groups that she attended and meeting with someone in our church monthly to pray and share strategies, who she called her angel. She felt God's love surround her through these people and through her Rotary Club, who showed up with meals every week. She said, we caregivers need to feel God as close as our hands and feet and as near to us as our own breath. And one last story. He shares, I am in a situation that I cannot change. No amount of positive thinking or minor adjustments will alter the fact that this is terribly sad and scary. It is bad. It's only going to get worse. And I can do little about it. At least the external circumstances. What I try to do is not to get ahead of myself, but to take each day as it comes. I try to find ways that I can receive kindness and that I can show kindness and let God take care of the rest. I also try to remember that there is something larger going on, something far greater that I can ask or imagine, just as God did in the resurrection of Jesus. That's the hope that I hold on to. I appreciate so much sitting in this circle with these folks, not hiding, but sharing their authentic selves, sharing their wounds, sharing authentic feelings, doubts, and struggles, and sharing how the community of believers has helped to walk alongside and Christ's presence being among them. Just as in today's gospel, where the community, the disciples, don't expel Thomas because he didn't believe them, but rather invites him to continue to be a part of the community. And eventually, he sees Jesus for himself and comes to believe in the risen Christ, declaring, my Lord and my God. Well, perhaps you also have a Thomas story, a story about a time when an event or a trauma upended your life so much that you struggle to hold on to faith. Well, let me share this with you, that I believe that especially in those times, we have a God who doesn't avoid our pain or our questions or doubts, but rather enters into and becomes one of us, sharing in our wounds. If there's one takeaway from this story, it is that we don't have to hide our doubts, our fear, even our wounds. In fact, Jesus put his wounds right out there for all to touch. And today, we are invited to see Jesus in this community as we worship together, as we share the peace, as we receive Christ's body and blood in the bread and wine given and poured out for you. For where the wounds are, there is Christ. 
who offers us peace during our darkest times and invites us to see him, to touch his pierced hands and side, and to know that this wounded Jesus is here also for you. We have not missed him. And for this we say, thanks be to God. Amen.